Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to another episode of the Innocence Redeemed Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Bergman, and today's show is going to be based upon anxieties and fear and how we counteract them. I have, for the last four or five days, been having a very heavy, repressive feeling in my spirit. And not to scare anyone, and I may have mentioned this before, but any time that I have had this feeling, it usually indicates to me either the Lord's sadness or that something very big is around the corner. Now, most of you are now aware of the plans that they're drawing up concerning internment camps, the plans that they're drawing up for anybody that they consider to be a threat against the New World Order. Um, you know that I have talked about this many, many times before. And in this show, I'm not really going to dwell on that. We know that everybody's, of course, aware of what's happening over in Afghanistan. And this, just so everybody knows, is designed to cause a war. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. It was planned. It's not a coincidence. All of this is now coming down to the wire, which is why months ago I had told all of you that these things were coming. Lately, as I've been thinking on these things, I've come to the conclusion that it's time to start putting out messages to counteract. We need to be looking into what the word says and putting it into practice because as we're sitting around thinking on these things, it's going to be very easy to fall in traps of despair. It's going to be very easy to be provoked to react in ways that the Lord would not want for us because it's going to mislead us if we allow our emotions to overtake us. And one of the things that Satan likes to do is hammer us until we have no encouragement left. He wants us to throw in the towel and give up. He wants us to say, oh, what's the use? Don't bother doing this. Don't bother doing that. It ain't going to do any good. That's not true. That's a lie. You might recall that recently I had done a podcast on decreeing the word. And in that podcast, I was saying this is one of the ways we stave off the attacks. And much in the same way, this podcast is going to cover some verses in which we can do to counteract fear when it arises in our spirits. Because something is planned. I've already been seeing these stories the last few days. If you remember listening to my podcast, Do You See Part 2, I said that they were going to try to provoke response. And one of the ways in which they're going to do that is to constantly throw things at us to get us to react. Do not, I repeat, do not give in to any temptation to react. It is a snare, and there are consequences for that, especially spiritually. You do not want to give in. You want to do the opposite. If you're being tempted to react in a way that deals with anger, we have to endure the unjust treatment. Unfortunately, that's what we have to do. The Lord says we will suffer persecution. The Lord says we're going to suffer trials. And these are patience and endurance trials. We have to just counteract with the word and stay in his word and stay in the Lord's peace. We cannot allow ourselves to be getting snared, especially now with how late it is in the hour. For the last few days now, I've been spending time in the book of Daniel, 
And when I was in Daniel 3, which the Lord had me, he had pointed to me to study that word, he spoke to me. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar's golden statue, his idol that he required them to worship. Much in the same way, right now, there's going to be a lot of laws that tell us, you have to do this, you have to do this, bow down. We are not to bow to evil, but we are to stand strong in our faith. We have to have on the spiritual armor, which is why I have talked about remaining steadfast in our faith and wearing that word on our heart. We need to be wearing the word of God on our heart and using it as our sword to fight off the attacks. Because for a lot of us, this is going to be a spiritual battle. It is not going to be in the physical. And you have to know how to contend with these things and believe and have faith that the Lord is going to see us through the storm because it's here. There's no denying now that it's here, but the Lord has a plan. And I don't believe that things are going to go as well for these evil entities that are trying to start this trouble. I don't believe that their plans are going to go as well as they think they are. Because I believe God's got plans to throw spokes into their turning wheels of this beast system. God's going to lead his people through the storm. Just like in the same way he led through Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they went into the fiery furnace. And to put this in the context, if you haven't heard Daniel 3 or if you're new to the walk and you haven't really spent much time in the Bible, I'd like to play Daniel 3 for you all and then go over some of the verses afterwards to show you what our response will be, to show you how we stand strong in our faith, and to show you that the Lord's going to be there for us. The Lord's told me in my spirit he is going to walk us through, that we have nothing to fear. And part of the reason I'm playing this for you guys is so that you can understand as it was in the beginning, so it's going to be in the end. And those who are trying to do these things are going to be amazed at what the Lord is going to do. He's going to, the Lord's going to do many miracles in these times coming, guys. I just want to put that out there. I want to give you encouragement not to fret over the things you see coming. Because we want to make sure that we're grounded in his word. And that we understand he is going, that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. His word is the same today. It is the same tomorrow. And it was the same yesterday. It does not change. The only thing that changes is us and our outlook, and we need to remain focused and stand firm because we are told to endure until the end, and part of the way we do that is to overcome the fear. But I want to play Daniel 3 as an example, and the fact that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not let fear consume them because they had the faith to get them through even when they were persecuted up to the death. Let's take a listen. The Book of Daniel, Chapter 3 Nebuchadnezzar's Gold Statue King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. So all these officials came and stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald shouted out, People of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, 
pipes, and other musical instruments bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, bowed to the ground and worshiped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But some of the astrologers went to the king and informed on the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, Long live the king. You issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what god will be able to rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, We do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. The Blazing Furnace Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out! Come here! So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this.
Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. So those verses played. Let's go over some of these uh, one by one. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I want to put this in the context right now. You know, those verses right there from 13 and 14. Is it true you don't believe in the system we're setting up? You don't believe the pulling out of Afghanistan was the best thing? You don't believe that the COVID-19 vaccine is effective? You don't believe that it's saving lives instead of killing them? How dare you? Oh, you need to go to a re-education camp or you need to take it now or we're going to whisk you away. You know, verse 15, I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Remember that I have said this normalcy and hanging on to it is a form of idolship or believing that things will get better. That is a form of idolship. We know where we are now, so we cannot be in denial because that could lead to our downfall. And, you know, in this verse, in Daniel 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stayed firm. They replied, this is starting on verse 16, they replied to King Nebuchadnezzar, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. So they refused to worship the idol. They stood firm in their testimony and they remained patient. They didn't cower or get fearful and curl up in a ball and say, okay, yes, sir, we're, we'll, we'll go ahead and go along with it. No, because they knew it was against God's decrees. And so King Nebuchadnezzar had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego tied up and tossed into the furnace. But as they were in there, he jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. The Lord was with them the entire time. Just like he's with us, he will never leave us or forsake us. And you might remember at the start of the podcast, I had said that the Lord's going to do some miraculous things in these times. And that right there with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is a great illustration of what the Lord is able to do. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. Keep verse 27 there from Daniel 3 in mind when it says not a hair on their heads was cinched, because this is going to be important for a comparison I'm going to show you that Jesus told us, where not a hair on your head will perish. Going on in verse 28, Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die, then serve or worship any god except their own god. 
So why are these verses from Daniel 3 that I just played and went over so important to what I'm covering today? It is because they demonstrate what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were up against. And further, it illustrates persecution and what many of us may be up against at some point. You know, Jesus foretold us of the very same prophecy in Luke 21, verses 11 through 19. Starting on verse 11, there will be great earthquakes, and there will be famines and plagues in many lands, and there will be terrifying things and great miraculous signs from heaven. You know, folks, these things are happening now. They're in the process now. They keep saying all these all new variants. There's new diseases popping up. It's still untold what's happening with this vaccine and what it's doing to people. We know that earthquakes are on the rise in diverse places, you know, some being geographic locations they've never even occurred in. The famines have begun because people have not had the money or the income to support themselves. And further, the shortages are coming into play now because the cattle ranchers, due to droughts, they're having to shut down their operations. So we can see where things are heading in the shape of things to come. And by the way, during all of this, the economy is being pumped with endless money, spending bills that we simply cannot afford. The main goal you have to understand of the evil globalists is to collapse the United States because it is the last vestige of freedom. They already have the EU under their control. They already have Australia under their control. The only thing that is holding them back in the United States is a crisis big enough where it can get people to submit. And not only submit, but rat each other out. And this is why we have to be aware of where we stand in our faith because we know this is coming. This situation in Afghanistan, I mentioned it earlier, it's causing a vacuum. And it's a snare to create the perfect excuse that we'll have to go back over to the Middle East again. And further, it demonstrates we won't do anything where Taiwan is concerned, where it comes to China. You know, in essence, it shows how weak our leadership really is, and that everything is fair game to what used to be considered our foreign adversaries. And I say it used to be, because everything you see is theater with grave consequences. You know, these deals that our leadership has made with the devil will end up in war, and it will end up in invasion of the United States. The sad part is these people who have made these deals don't realize that they'll be done away with, just as it's planned to do away with the people. And, you know, this is what Jesus meant when he said, kingdom will go to war against kingdom, and nation will rise against nation. And Jesus said further, starting on Luke 21, 12. And this relates to what I was referring to in Daniel 3. But before all this occurs, there will be a time of great persecution. You will be dragged into synagogues and prisons, and you will stand trial before kings and governors because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. So don't worry in advance about how to answer the charges against you. You know, really, there's no charges to answer because you haven't done nothing wrong. And, you know, there's no shame in suffering for the Lord. The word says so. Going on in verse 15, For I will give you the right words and such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to reply or refute you. Even those closest to you, your parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, will betray you. They will even kill some of you. And everyone will hate you because you are my followers. But not a hair on your head will perish. By standing firm, you will win your souls. So it's important to take note in these verses because Jesus told us by standing firm, it will be our opportunity to tell leaders and others about him. Those who are doing the persecutions will then have the opportunity 
after our testimony, to choose who they will serve. And this is exactly what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego told King Nebuchadnezzar. You know, they basically said, we're only going to worship the Lord our God, and you can go pound sand. Go ahead and throw us into the fiery furnace. We know the Lord will save us. So you see, by remaining firm, they kept their souls. They won their souls as demonstrated in Luke 21.19, even though they were facing what appeared to be death. And this is why we are instructed to endure, as it will be that opportunity Jesus told us about to tell others about him. So that's the endurance, whether it's the end for any one of us or not at that time. That will be up to the Lord to decide. But we are to be patient and stand firm, because that's what Jesus told us we're supposed to do. That is his command. And in faith, that's how it will play out. You know, you have to consider that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were facing King Nebuchadnezzar's death sentence, that they had no fear. It was a test of faith. They endured and overcame the fear. Now, what are some additional verses we can study and quote to overcome these perilous times and stand firm in our faith? Well, let's go over some of the Lord's promises. Starting on Deuteronomy 31.6. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. 1 Corinthians 16.13. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Isaiah 35. Verse 4. Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong and do not fear. Fear God is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you. It's going to be recompense for those doing these things, guys. Don't be fearful about what they say or the intimidation. That's all it is. They're, the powerful are not what they appear to be. You know, moving on, Isaiah 41, verse 10. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. You know, that verse from Isaiah 41, verse 10, is a good one to remember. I've had a concern about something, and it just keeps being this concern that repeats in my head, and I'll hear the Lord saying in my spirit not to be dismayed. And that is a good one to write on your heart, just to let you know that everything's going to work out. It's going to work out because we need to remember, Jesus already overcame the world. And because we are his followers, he gives us the power to overcome the same concerns and fears that we have. Isaiah 41, verse 13, For I hold you by your right hand, I, the Lord your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid, I am here to help you. Joshua 1, verse 9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Matthew 6, verse 34. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. You know, those two verses I read from Joshua 1, verse 9, and Matthew 6, verse 34. Putting it into perspective, many are wondering if they're safe where they are. You know, there's times, guys, I've wondered this myself, but I have not felt the Lord leading me to relocate. You know, that's me personally, though, at least not right now. I do not feel a leading to leave where I am. I have to trust that he has a plan for me where I am, and I accept that. It also is going to be dependent on what he's going to 
use you for in these end days. He reassures me not to worry. So this is all about trust. A lot of these verses that I'm quoting you here, they're not to fear, not to be anxious, but about trust. It's about faith. It's about placing our lives with faith, that trust in the Lord. And I mention this because if you are concerned and have not felt him leading you, seek him in prayer and ask the Lord if he has plans for you. He may have you where you are to lead someone. He may have you where you are to witness to a particular person. Only he knows you can reach that person. We don't know. That's why we're told not to lean into our own understanding on things. But, you know, we have to remember his promises, and that's the purpose of quoting these. Matthew 10, verse 28. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God, who can destroy both soul and body in hell. You know, that's a good one to remind us all to stay on track, especially when it comes to being faced with choosing to side with evil or standing strong in the faith, like I was mentioning earlier. You know, we always have to remember the Lord's with us. Psalm 23, 4. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? Psalm 34, 4. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Psalm 94, 19. When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. You know, those verses I just quoted from Psalm 34, verse 4, and Psalm 94, 19 are good examples of what I recently talked about when it came to prayer and why prayer is so important, as well as decreeing the word. And it goes hand in hand with 1 Peter 5, verses 6 through 7. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. If we go back earlier than 1 Peter 5, let's take a look at 1 Peter 3, verses 13 through 14. Now who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it, so don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Now, remember when I said earlier, when I was describing that there is no shame in suffering for doing good? That verse right there from 1 Peter 3, verses 13 through 14 was what I was referring to. Write that on your heart for times coming, where the powers running things will try to instill fear and intimidation in the name of safety. Because we know that that's going to come as the persecution, especially when they try to convince everyone that Christians are bad. Because, you know, they're going to offer rewards to these people who are misled. And we know that when they try to convince everyone that Christians are bad, that it's a lie by Satan. Moving on. Psalm 56, 3-4. through That when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? Psalm 115, verse 11. All you who fear the Lord, trust the Lord. He is your helper and your shield. You know, putting it into a decree. I trust and fear the Lord. He is my helper and he is my shield. Moving on to Psalm 118, verse 6. The Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? And you know, when you feel worn down, remember Jesus calling you to him. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Now remember what I said about the Lord leading us through the storm. 
Peter taking his eyes off Jesus due to the storm is a great example. When we take a look at Matthew 14, verses 24 through 31, and this was after Jesus fed 5,000, you know, that he had went to pray, and this is starting on verse 24. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you, walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? And that's the rub, folks. In the time that we're going into, it's going to all be about trust and not doubting the Lord and his word. And that is why all these verses I just quoted are so important to remember and write on your heart. It is so important to keep our focus on Jesus. Do not take your eyes off of him. For there's going to be many trials that we're going to go through. There's going to be a lot of fear in the air because the lawlessness is rampant. We're already seeing that. We've been seeing that. And people have been looking for answers about how to contend with these fears and anxieties they're experiencing. And it just all comes down to remembering, keep your eyes on the Lord during the storm. Do not take your eyes off of the Lord. If you're focused on the waves like Peter was, you'll sink. And that's the last thing you want. You don't want to be confused in this time. You want to know where you stand in your faith. You want to know that he's going to lead you through. And if you keep praying to him, if you keep going alone with him and spending your time with him, he will speak to you in the spirit and guide you. You know, his burden is light. His word is the truth. And that is why I'm here today telling you how we take a stand against any anxiety and fears that may try to intimidate us in these times. Guys, I pray that this podcast has been a blessing to you. May Jesus bless you. And until next time, have a great week.